Hello, I think I'm live. Um, I will just give it a couple of seconds just so I can sort this bit out on the laptop because comments and things do not come up on my phone when I cast live. So I figured I'd open up the laptop and I can answer any questions when they come up there. Um, so um, back at the, a couple of days ago, I think it was, I posted um, about if you've got any Q&As, etc. What might be troubling you at the moment with your pups? Um, there were two distinctive things that came up. Um, there were lots, lots of things, but there were two distinctive things that came up. And there was mainly around barking and distractions. So that's what I'm going to cover today. Um, I'll probably get sidetracked. Those of you <laughs> that know me will know that I get sidetracked really easily. So. Um, again, if you have any questions or anything like that, then do put it in the comments below. And if I can't cover it today, I'll do some more of these because, again, we're sort of locked down again. So I'll bring back some of the other things that we did from lockdown 1.0. Um, so keep an eye out for those. I may even do some new things that I've been thinking about. So I'll see. I'll, I'll be here to kind of keep you and your pups entertained through everything um, while we work through this sort of tier four um, lockdown. Um, but it doesn't seem like it. When I'm out and I'm out working, the roads are still ridiculously busy. Ridiculously busy. So, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure even how we are even locked down at the moment because I can't see any difference. I can't even see any difference. But hey-ho, nothing like lockdown 1.0. It's not really a lockdown, is it? Um, so barking and distractions. So barking is actually really interesting. And those of you, hi, Mick, um, will probably be going, yeah, Joe, where's your book? Uh, yeah, it's coming. Um, like I promised myself that I would finish it during Christmas holidays. Hi, Sarah. Um, but I kind of decided that actually, when have I had any time off? So I I did actually take some time off pretty much over Christmas and New Year. So um, <laughs> I will try and do my book because uh, my book, I started that during lockdown 1.0 um, and it's all about banning the bark and I did a course on it uh, that ran really really well everybody seemed to really really like that so rather than just keep running it as a course I've decided to turn that into a nice a quick and easy book for you all so um, I want it out for Christmas <laughs> and uh, oh, life just got in the way so um, I will be having a book come out as soon as I can just get the last little bits done for you but I'll cover some of the basics when it comes to barking. Um, first of all you need to think about why your dog is barking. So are they barking at home in the garden? Are they out on a walk? Are they indoors? Think about the environment your dog is barking in and then you need to think about right are they barking in one location, two locations? Is it anywhere? But then what is causing the specific barking? Um, so is it because, say, um, they're in the garden and they can hear another dog barking or they've just seen a pigeon? Is it that they're out on a walk and they can see another dog further along the path that they want to get to and they're on the lead or something like that? Why is your dog barking? So this will require you to have a little bit of a think about it, really, and work out what's causing them to bark. Now, you've got to also remember that dogs, we bred them to alert us to things. We... Originally, we wanted our dogs to say, oh, tell us if there's something about. 
So more often than not, you might find that your dogs are giving you an, like what I call an alert bark. Um, they're saying, hey, look, there's the postman. Hey, look, there's so-and-so up there. Um, and what we need to do is, as with anything, those of you that have trained with me before, it all comes down to those wonderful, wonderful, wonderful three Ds. So that distance, distraction and duration. So we can build up our dog's tolerance to um, whatever it is that might be causing them to bark and teach them actually there's there's a better way to behave when they see or hear this trigger so there is not constant barking driving you insane. Um, because I think a lot of us now we're a bit more at home and we're spending more and more time with our dogs. We're actually noticing that this barking, it, it's actually a lot worse than we initially thought. And uh, we'd actually like to curb it. Now, if your dog's barking because of uh, what you think might be separation anxiety or something like that, that's a whole different topic. So I'm not even going to get sucked into that that rabbit warren today or anything like that that's just a whole different thing so i'm talking about today the barking for um letting you know that there's, there's something out there that actually they want to either tell you about it or they want to go away because they're nervous about it what can we do about that so when it comes to anything like that i want you to think about your three d's and you also need to think about rewards so what is your dog getting from doing this barking so it's not necessarily um, always about food you've got to think about what is your dog finding rewarding are they barking and then this thing they're barking at goes away so if they're barking at a cat on the fence does the cat go away probably unless it's a really you know one of those cats that just sits going <laughs> you can't get me um so you want to have a think about how your dog is being um reinforced for doing this behavior and what can we give them and teach them that is more valuable rather than doing this barking. So what I will do is a few people have mentioned that it's uh, mostly in the house, not really on walks um, or it's it's barking towards other dogs. So what I will do is give you a for instance when it comes to um, say your dog's in the garden. Um, so I think yeah, cars and bikes, growling. So we'll do a couple. We'll do, we'll do it in the house, sort of in the house and out and about. So let's say, um, oh, I know a, a good one. In, when you're indoors and there's another dog, it comes on the telly or an animal on the telly, something like that, that your dog spots, hears and, they, and then they want to start attacking the telly. So what you can start doing is one, we need to establish whether your dog's reacting to the movement on the telly, the sound of the dog on the telly or both. So if the sound's off, does your dog still notice the movement of a dog on the telly and think they're going to bark at it? Or is it when they hear a dog whimper or whine on the telly? Maybe it's um, another animal. Maybe it's the football. It could be anything. Absolutely anything. Whatever it is your dog um, gets triggered to, to bark at the TV. Um, we can start working on that. So what we can start doing is um, we can put the TV on mute if it's the sound. And if you've got one of those clever smart TVs that you can play YouTube and stuff through that, this is really, really useful for things like that because you can start to say, oh, well, I can't see this right now because it's only on the TV once a week or something like that. Um, but I can use YouTube. Now, first of all, you do not want to just keep repeating and repeating and repeating doing this because you don't want to drive your dog insane by seeing something on the telly they can't get to and he's winding them up. So any training you should be doing with your dog, literally no more, three minutes max. 
just nobody's got time at the moment as it were I know we're locked down but let's face it we've got lots of stuff to reorganize we want to put stuff out on the lawn to chuck out we want to go and queue at the tip for six hours um so no more than three minutes just set yourself up with your rewards for your dog whatever rewards you want for your dog or what you want for your dog sorry let's rephrase that your dog wants that's what you're going to use so you need to think about what does your dog like me I will quite happily jump through hoops for a Jaffa cake and Gary Barlow but what does your dog want to do do they like chicken do they like ham do they like cheese do they like fish do they have a preference to anything do they like biscuits do they like something soft you've got to use what your dog wants then it's a proper reward so one of my dogs hates cheese and fish if I was to train him with cheese and fish he'd just turn his nose up and he'd walk away and am I rewarding him nope nope I'm not I'm, I might think oh yeah every dog likes a bit of cheese hot dog and fish like nope they have preferences just like us so make a note of what your dog likes that's kind of lesson one what does my dog actually like because I need to have something better something that my dog likes before I even put them anywhere in the distant vicinity of whatever it is that causes them to bark so once we've got that um if we can then start adding in um, onto the, the TV whatever it is might be causing them to do this trigger, but we can keep the volume really loud, uh, sorry, really low or off so that we can just start working with them at a distance away from the telly as far as we can get. So that might be the other side of the living room so that they can hear this maybe going on just very gently. Again, very similar to kind of what you might do with your fireworks or something like that. You just want to encourage your dog to understand that there's something better for them rather than charging at the TV or barking at the TV. Um, teaching settle is a really, really, really good way to work around this because if you can teach your dog to settle on a mat or their bed uh, away from the TV and then you can gradually bring that that settle mat or whatever is closer to, you know, the TV or the sofa or wherever it is you'd like them to settle, that's going to be fantastic if you can do that. Settle's brilliant for so many things. But ultimately, we want to teach them that when they see this trigger on the TV, that there's no point in barking and jumping at it or anything like that because actually we've got something better for them around us, around our feet, on the settle mat, somewhere like that. That's what we're going to teach them. But you've got to start off gently. There's no point if, you know, your dog likes to chase horses on the TV, sticking an episode of, I don't know, the horse racing on or something like that because all they're going to see is just all these horses and you are setting them up for failure. And if your dog can practice a behaviour, it will continue. So you need to set your dog up to succeed so that they're not able to carry out that behaviour anymore. Because if they can do it, they will. So we need to set up uh, the TV at a, a good distance away, as far as we can get from that TV, so that we've got more chance of keeping them with us. Now, even if you're at the furthest point of your living room or whatever, and it's, say, the TV's on mute and your dog still reacts uh, when they see, I don't know, a cheetah or whatever, or an elephant go across the TV... We know at that point we've still got more work to do further away and that's where maybe we need to look at a bit more like settle, focus on us. I won't get into all of that though. But ultimately we're encouraging them that when they see or hear these things on the TV that make them go woof woof woof, blah blah blah, blah um, there's no point in doing it because actually we've got something way better with us in a nice calm situation sitting with us further back and then we can gradually make our way further and further forwards towards the TV until we're actually just sitting down and relaxing again. And you can gradually, obviously you're starting to fade out the rewards that you're, you're throwing to your dog. 
so that eventually they've learned a whole new behavior and has got more value so you do not need to constantly be doing this treat 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 ball 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 or anything like that we don't want to do that we want to encourage certainly in the living room i know our dogs like to run around and play with their toys and get all silly but it's it's nice to be able to just sit down in the evening once they've had the puppies have had their witching hour and they've been playing with all their toys and they've just had their dinner and they've got that burst of energy and they're going all crazy it's kind of nice when they actually just go ah and then you can go ah and you can just relax as a family that's that's what we want to aim for so it's all about gradually adding in these three d's so you have your dog further and further away from the trigger point i.e the tv in this particular scenario and you gradually add in the distance so the closer to the tv the distraction so that might be uh, how loud the tv is getting or what you've even got on the tv whether it's dogs at a distance dogs up close just the sound of a dog and not the actual visual of a dog moving across the screen and then of course there's the duration so you can build it up so eventually you can watch 101 dalmatians the whole way through rather than just three minutes of it um so that's that's what you need to do so no matter how brilliant you think a behavior is you can always get it better using your 3ds and remember, you, you mustn't increase them all at once because that's, again, just setting your dog up for failure. So I like to think of them as like some scales. So if I'm going to raise one of my 3Ds, I'm going to lower my criteria just slightly on one of the other ones just to balance it out again. And then I'll raise them both back up a little bit. Because if I suddenly just raise all this criteria, say, right, OK, I've worked on you settling on a mat five metres away from the TV. I'm now going to sit you right in front of the TV. I'm going to watch this 101 Dalmatian show. And um, yeah, here we go it's not going to happen so that's not fair it's not fair on your dog at all if you know that there is a doggy show or something or whatever it, that you want to watch that triggers your dog to bark at the tv either pop them in another room if you can with a nice frozen kong you can make sure they've had a really nice long walk so that they're super tired um but make sure that you're not setting them up to fail they must not have a chance to repeat this behavior because if they can do it it will continue simple as that because on some level your dog is getting reinforcement for the behavior they've chosen to do so if they're choosing to do it it's because they're being rewarded for it whether that's on their own whether you're inadvertently rewarding something it will continue so the same thing basically applies whether you're in the living room and they're triggering to the tv um, if they're out in the garden and they can hear another dog barking or they can hear the little dingly bells from cats or other dogs passing or motorbikes, anything like that that really does kick the dogs off when they're in the garden and they suddenly hear uh, something, somebody going past the garden. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's it. And World War Three breaks out in your garden. It does if you have terriers like my lot. Um, so what what you again need to do is this requires a lot of management, a lot of management indeed. And there's no quick fix for when you start to step outside of the home because you can't control that environment as well as you can in, in the living room you know that if you're in the living room or the kitchen you know that there's not going to be some stranger going past you, you've got complete control of that environment so in your garden you've got a relative amount of control but you can't stop people going past or neighbors making a noise or the sounds of things or birds flying over or cats running around or anything like that so you've got a certain amount of control in your garden but you've not got full control of the environment and once you step out of your front door anything could come along anything at all so you've got to be prepared for anything so again you've got to build up your levels to 
to get towards these these areas that cause the most triggers. So, for instance, um, da, 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 um, uh, Sarah said that her dog barks out and walks when they see other dogs, children, people with hats or stick. Um, and another Sarah said, yeah, people, cars, bikes and other dogs. Although it's all quite friendly, it's just the excitement of seeing this other dog. So again, what you want to do is you need to make sure that this is this is where it gets a bit tricky. One, you need if your dog is off lead, you need an excellent recall, because if your dog can bark towards another dog and they're running up to it or anything like that, that behavior is going to continue. Simple as that. It's not going to stop without a lot of work, because, again, your dog's being reinforced by going whoa, 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 and running forwards to see this person go and play with this dog whatever whatever the situation is so you need to make sure that you if your dog's off lead you have got an excellent recall so that as you see one of their triggers maybe coming around the corner because it always happens on a corner it's never on a nice straight bit it's always somebody coming around the corner with that trigger always 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 um so beware of corners okay you, you're coming up to a corner on your walk prep Okay, get your dog next to you. Recall them before that corner. You can get your treats out and start sprinkling across the floor and say, hey, look, I'm the most fun thing around. So that you can start to sneak around that corner and see if there's any of those cheeky triggers there. Um, but when, when your uh, pup sees another dog, um, ideally, what I would suggest is that either if you cannot detour, I would like you to come kind of off the path. You need to come off the path so you can increase this distance away from the trigger. Okay, because we know that we're already gonna have um, the distraction because they're going to want to go and see this dog, bark at the cyclist, whatever, whatever. So what we need to do is we need to work our way back towards um, maybe 20, 30 metres, something like that, um, where our dogs can quite happily listen to us, i.e., when I say happily listen to us, can you get your dog to sit when this distraction that causes them to bark is around? It doesn't have to be a sit, any behaviour that they know, whether it's paw, down, anything just a behavior that they know really well. If your dog cannot do this behavior, then you're too close to this distraction. It's as simple as that. So you know that dogs on corners, it is Bobby, it's always dogs on corners, always, 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 it's always gonna be, you just know it. Um, it's like they hide around there and it's always a jogger, something like that, it's always around the corner, always, always, always. So yeah, beware of corners. Um, prep for it though you know a corner's coming up because you can't see any further on straight on so prep for those corners um oh, i've lost my train now <laughs> um so again you know that if you can't get a simple behavior like you sit or something like that that your dog knows um you're too close to the distraction so you need to start thinking about right okay so that dog's there i'm five meters away and my dog can't concentrate on me so i need to now try it 10 meters now it might get to a stage where you think okay, I'm 30 metres away and my dog can just sit and watch this person, cyclist, other dog go past and they're quiet. Fabulous. That's what we want to work on. So we know that at that point, at say 10, 15, 30 metres, whatever it is, it's individual for every dog. Um, that's the point we want to work at. That's our little sweet spot. We know we've got their attention and you want to make sure that you can get to that point, this, this distance away, um, as quickly as possible when you see a trigger so, so you can start saying to your dog let's go let's go we're going to go this way to encourage them to go off in this direction um and something amazing is going to happen you know you're going to do your little trick repertoire you're going to do sit down sit down pour sit down pour 
so that these other people can just pass without any basically your dog gobbing off at them going rah, 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 rah. no matter how friendly it is believe you me you ever met me out on a walk with alan you know about it you know because that's all alan did. Rah, 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 rah. um and yeah there's no malice in it but it's intimidating it's intimidating so alan comes back on the lead you know some days he's really really good but then other days he just forgets himself again but again this is just terriers and fluffy things little fluffy little fluffy ones that's where we've got some of our issues and um what we want to do is when we're at that distance we can build up their happiness you know so like sit poor sit poor and they're not reacting and barking at this thing that's passing and then you can gradually start working your way closer and closer and closer now if you've got friends with dogs this is where you can start using them say oh hey can you come meet me at this point on the woods you know go up to roost hole or somewhere like that we've got a nice bit of open space you can see what's coming but your friends can maybe just loop round while they're doing their walk they could just loop round you something like that so that when you can see them coming you can just take your dog off to the side and do some work 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 and your friends can just carry on and then come back round again simple things like that so that your dog starts to just get the, the general idea that being at this distance away from this trigger it doesn't matter because actually mum's way more exciting or dad sorry i'm being sexist um so again that's how it comes into it those three d's and you're going to hear me harp on about these three d's in fact i should just have it tattooed across here um but i'd get it the wrong way around actually because when you do like these videos it's kind of backwards isn't it so i'd have to make sure that i did it but the right way around but it's the three D's. Okay, so if you always think about these three D's, right, if my dog is failing, I need to make these three D's, I need to take, take them down. I need to take them down. So if my dog's failing, reduce the three D's, okay? If the behavior's getting worse or continuing at the same level, your dog is being rewarded for it at that point. Now, whether it's you rewarding it, your dog rewarding themselves, if a behavior's continuing or escalating, there is a reward and reinforcement coming in there somewhere. So you need to, if it's a behaviour you don't want, you've got to stop the reinforcement. You've got to stop it because if they can keep doing it, it will continue. Simple as that. Now remember, a reward for your dog can be anything. It doesn't have to be food. It can be the fact that they bark and a dog goes away. Um, it could be um, a squeaky toy. Even, even eye contact and a smile you know your dog wants your contact they want to be with you so even simple things like that like good puppy you've got your verbals you've got a, you've got um, a little scritch and a scratch and a, and a hug just telling them they're a good pup and giving them a lot of love and everything like that. that's a reward okay but if your dog for instance doesn't like being touched so much don't use that as a reward so this is where you've got to know your dog's own individual preferences it's all very well and good saying oh yeah just give them a bit of hot dog but give them a bit of hot dog what if they don't like hot dog so you have to think about it you have to think about it if they don't like um a certain ball but they like a squeaky ball make sure you've got a squeaky ball okay that's it's just thinking it a bit outside the box just to make sure you know what your dog wants so remember those three d's if the behavior is failing if you're getting your barking you're too close to the distraction and the trigger if it's continuing and not improving there's your dog still getting reinforcement somewhere and your your reward maybe isn't as exciting and as desirable as what they're doing for their own self their own reinforcement of barking and the scary bicycle or the scary dog goes away so you need to increase that distance ultimately it comes down to that distance that's that's what you want to look for the most um so i hope that helps on some of the barking but of course all of this will be in my in my my barking book 
So, which I, I will do, I promise. I've only been saying it for six months or so, haven't I, everybody? I don't know, but I'm sorry. I will do it. I will. I will. Um, I, but I'm just a bit worried that I've repeated myself a few too many times because I, th I think the word count's just way too high. So I don't want it to be that high. <laughs> anyway, um, so I've probably waffled on like I'm doing right now. Anyway, um, so that covers Simia Barking at home, out and about garden, etc, etc. Just remember, if you can't control the environment as well, you've got to prep. You've got to prep and be ready for some basic behaviours or just to get out of dodge. And just say, OK, let's go. Let's go. I don't want you failing. Let's go. And yet dog walking is supposed to be social, but you don't want to set your dog up to fail. Everybody will be quite happy if you just wave, say, I just wave. You don't need to say hello to everybody on a walk. You've got to think about you and your dog. Because if you want to have your dog behaving a certain way on your walks, you've got to work at it. It doesn't just happen. All right, so that's your barking. Um, distractions. So, of course, this this, this barking, uh, you know, the dogs are generally going to bark because of a distraction or they're going to pull on a lead because of a distraction so um walking past so uh Danica's got walking past distractions not pulling on the lead and reacting to distractions from Sarah um jumping up at runners and things like that. yeah it's again it's another bit of a distraction um uh yeah just uh so it, it comes down to distraction so um Oh, uh, Hayley, um, so what you need to do, you really need to figure out what's causing the barking. And it could be a number of things. So it, it could be an alert bark, woof, woof, there's some, somebody at the door, woof, woof, there's something going past. Is it for attention seeking? Um, there's there's lots of different types of barks. So, you know, your dog might just have one bark. They might have four or five. Um, so once you can figure out what bark is what, and if, if you get really geeky with your dog, you don't have to get as geeky as I do, but you can start to figure out, hang on a minute, that barks because they're a bit worried. That barks to alert me. That barks because they want to go in the garden. Um, so what, what you can do as well, and I'll cover this all in the book, but ultimately you can teach them to bark on cue and things like this. So there's lots of things that you can do on the side. Um, but again, it depends. Uh, best way to stop. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, just it, once it's started. So if it's already started, so you've got to remember that um, they've they're failed or, you know, it's not a failure, but the, the environment or whatever, the, one of the D's was too high for them to cause them that that barking. If it's something generally that if I'm at home or something like that, what I tend to do is I tend to go away. I tend to leave them to it just so that they know they're not getting any additional reinforcement from me. Because a lot of the things they want to do to say, hey, does mummy react? Does mummy go and get the door? Does mummy get up? Does whatever, whatever. So I tend to uh, get up and leave uh, just so that they know that the consequence for them, for any unwanted barking, um, is that I leave. So if they bark at the front door, do you know what? That's that's one thing I allow because um, I'm, I'm, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me that they bark because somebody's knocking at the front door. Quite frankly, my hearing's not the best, so it helps me know that I've got somebody at the front door. Any other barking, I don't allow. I don't allow. And um, when you've got a multi-dog household as well, that can be even harder because one dog will set off the other dogs and then it will just be this repetitive cycle loop. But what you'll find out for anybody with a multi-dog household is one dog will be doing most of the barking for either one situation or all situations. And that's the dog you want to work on the most. So the biggest problem, the biggest area, that's where you want to work the most. But once I started, I tend to leave and do something somewhere else. 
so that any reinforcement from me is coming somewhere else. So if they've, uh, for instance, the window cleaner, okay, mine flip out of my poor window cleaner. I make sure that I'm well away from the window cleaner. So if the window cleaner is at one side of the house, I'll take mine to the other side of the house and just do some training, real basic stuff, you know, sit down for a treat, sit down for a treat, blah, blah, blah. And then when my window cleaner's going back around the other side of the house, I go back to the other side of the house, just so that I know that if there is going to be any barking, I can control it well away from whatever it is that's causing them the trigger. I'm going to leave uh, so that they know that they, the barking's not going to get anything. But once you get to the stage where you've taught barking on on cue, then that's where you would start adding in your shh, quiet, something like that. There is no point, no point at all. If you've got your blog going, bah, 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 go, no, quiet, shut up. Because all you're doing is barking along with them. So there is no point, no point whatsoever in um, telling them no, quiet, or things like that, if you've not trained your quiet. If you're just saying, will you shut up? It's not gonna do anything. They're just like, hey, mum's joining in barking, let's bark some more, woohoo. So yeah, don't even bother with anything like that. Uh, Linda, if you can, um, I, I, uh, I can't remember the setup of your bits and bobs, whether um, bows in a crate or anything like that. But if they're barking in the car, one of the one of the best things to do is if you can block their vision. So if they're in a crate, cover the crate over. Obviously, make sure that they've got some airflow at the bottom or something like that. But it's generally like, there's just a lot of stimulus going on. Um, so I would just start off with covering them over. You'd be very surprised with just what a simple cover can actually achieve. If you've got one of those um, where they're in the boot and you've just got the dog guard up, you can still start to black out your windows, as it were. I know you can put some newspaper up or something like that. Don't completely block your vision, but then you can start, start whittling it down a little bit. Um, remember vans and things, they don't have back and side windows. Um, so you can start to do that just so that they've not got as much vision. But that is one of the key things that I would do is blocking their vision for barking in the car. Uh, if you leave the room with the bark. Okay, so I wouldn't, um, Ali, I wouldn't be, um, the re when she's barking in the room, it's either going to be, uh, you know, the FOMO, fear of missing out, or uh, which more than likely, knowing Poppy it probably is, um, or it could be along the lines of separation anxiety. Everybody panics, is panicking about separation anxiety at the moment because of getting their puppies during a lockdown or something like that, and you're all working at home and always around your pups and everything. Separation anxiety, it's its a word that gets freely used a lot, uh, but it's quite its quite a big deal in terms of um, behavioural. It's not necessarily what your dog has got. Um, but what I would be doing is ultimately you don't leave them to scream, scream it out. It could just go on for hours and hours and hours and hours. There's no point. You need to train them to be happy to be on their own. So again, that's working in little teeny tiny increments. Um, so that they do start to settle on their own. Um, if they're screaming it out, um, you need to be sure that hey, do you need to, do you need to go to the toilet? Um, any anything like that, you you just don't know. And screaming out at some point, you know, it's 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 not really going to make any difference because you're going to go back in at some point, and all they've learned is well, I've screamed for five hours, um, and if I scream for five hours, mum comes back. And then if you go out for six hours, oh, well, I'll, I'll scream for five hours before I'll try five hours and a bit. And then mum still comes back. So um, letting them scream out is not going to make 
too much of a difference you're just stressing stressing them out really it's better to just make sure that before they are left alone in a room or anything like that that they've been fed watered um they've they've had some exercise anything like that you can leave them with a, a you know a, a frozen kong or something like that to entertain themselves you can always leave the tv or radio on as well just to give them a little bit of um sort of comfort and a little bit of noise but um you still need to teach them to be comfortable on their own especially because of all of these the lockdowns and everything they're just not used to being on their own and you look at my Alan. Alan turned one yesterday. One. In that whole year, he's never been alone. There's always been a human about. Because of, um, you know, a shared house and everything like that. Even if I've gone out, there's always been someone around that whole year. He's never been on his own. Now, he's got all the other dogs. So, I never envisage him having a problem with being on his own. Because he'd, he'd be with all the other dogs and they just like, oh yeah, thank God they've finally gone out and left us. Brilliant, I'm going to go to sleep now. Um, but if I didn't have the other dogs, I would be severely worried right now because he's never been on his own at all in a year. Um, which is sad, but that's just the way life is at the moment. You just Some things you just can't do. Um, but when it comes to leaving them on their own you definitely need to to work with it and teaching them you know their crate their pen their settle that will really help but you need to build it up very slowly with those three d's so it is just right okay i'm going to see um if you can cope with five minutes if you can cope with five minutes great um you can try six minutes but if they can't cope with five minutes you know you've got to start way way back and you know start with just 30 seconds or even them being in their crate while you're still in sight and gradually building it up and it does take time. It does take time, but it's better to take time rather than have a stressed dog that's maybe chewing on their crate bars or anything like that and cracking all their teeth. So you have to be really, really careful. Um, but don't, uh, no, nobody panic that, oh my gosh, my dog's got separation anxiety. It, 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 separation anxiety is a big thing. Um, but it, chances are it, it's not necessarily separation anxiety. Um, you can use a lot of the separation anxiety training things to help. But more often than not, when it comes to things like that, look, see, I said I, would, I wouldn't digress on separation. <laughs> you can use a lot of the training things for separation anxiety for everything else. Um, you know, so it's always good to practice on some of this, the separation, um, the distress, really, of being alone um, for, for normal training. Um, but if they're barking, there's no point leaving them to scream it because all they'll do is they learn that, well, I scream for an hour and mum comes back. I scream for two hours and mum comes back. So they just they just learn that. They're, 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 you know, they're not they're not daft. They're not daft. Um, anyway, right. So distractions, distractions, distractions. Um, if If your dog's getting in any way distracted by anything, it's because that whatever it is they're seeing that is that distraction is too close. Okay, so it comes to those three days. You've got you've got your um, you've got your distractions, and if your dog, so if you think of everything kind of, I don't know, there's there's some probably magical shape to this, and probably a triangle, I don't know. Um, if no, actually I won't. That's going to get really geeky. <laughs> I have to try and keep it simple. Um, if you think that right, okay, the distraction is causing my dog to um, bark. It's causing it to pull on the lead it's causing to the if this distraction is causing that you need to increase the distance away or the length of time it can your dog can see that distraction 
So, yeah, <laughs> that's right. It, it is right, Abby. Uh, Maddie, I'll I'll try and remember to come back to you. Um, yeah, just build up the time gradually, Abby. Um, Ali. And um, but it, it, knowing Poppy, it's just more of a, a fear of missing out. I think for little lady. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, your distractions increase your um your distance away from that distraction so um um da -da 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 -da. so uh, da -da -da. if you can walk past distractions so uh, danica walking past distractions um obviously <laughs> ripley danica is really he wants he's gonna be his little baby he wants to say hello to everything and explore everything that's great but what i like to try and do is uh, especially in my puppy groups those of you that meet my puppy groups I think of it as one, two, three. So hello, sniff, goodbye. Okay, because your dogs are quite happy. They just want to be able to say hello, sniff and goodbye, nice and easily. So you can just say, oh, hello, sniff. And then you've got your goodbye, so you've got your let's go. So you can start saying, okay, we're off now. So that they're not just constantly, constantly trying to get back. They know that that's the end of it. However, if they get sort of so over the top, sort of like what's called a frustrated greeter, if they get way too, they're on the lead or something like that, and they're desperate to get to their other friend, you need to increase that distance away from them. You have to, because if they can't concentrate in a sit on the same side of the road, you need to maybe get to the other side of the road. Um, so that once you've got um, your dog understanding that, yeah, okay, I can see my friend over there, but I'm gonna sit nicely and watch them, we can start bringing that distance closer closer together again um and what you you can do again if you've got sort of a friend that can help you your dog's getting all excited um and you create this distance and then you get to a point where your dog's quite happy to sit paw and everything like that with their friend 10 meters away if their friend comes a meter closer and they get all excited and jump up their friend can go step backwards a little bit again and you gradually 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 build up that desire um, for them to stay with you because you are more rewarding, you've got more goodies, you've got more love, you've got lots more nice things than this enjoyment of saying hello, sniff goodbye to their friends. I hope that kind of makes sense on the distraction thing. Um, but again, it's relatively simple with that distraction when you look at it with the three Ds. <gasps> three Ds again, three Ds, three Ds, three Ds. Um, so yeah, anything to do with those if, if you've got anything to do with your dog training you, you can you can relate it into these three d's and if you've got behavior that you don't like you need to distance yourself away you know take the these d's down if you've got a behavior um say you've got a really good sit and teaching sit okay sit and settle sit and settle if you can teach your dogs a really good sit and settle everything can pretty much be started to work with um, so practice, 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 practice these sit and settles. Um, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. See, I knew I should write notes, but I just thought, oh, no, I'll come on, fly. Just come on, fly this. I've just got back from a dog walk and I thought, if I don't do this now, I'm going to sit down and start eating Jaffa cakes and you'll never see, see me. So I um, can't remember what I was going to say now. What was my train of thought, everybody? I can't even remember anymore now. Um, I've forgotten. Brain, gone. Never mind um oh i hate that i hate that never mind um just always yeah so these three days three days you can always oh yeah your sits 
So if you've got a really good sit, you can always make that sit even better um, using the 3Ds. So if you've got your dog on a lead and you say sit, and they sit, brilliant. Okay, so can they do that off lead in the field? Brilliant, okay, yay! Can they do that off lead in the field while their friend's running 20 metres away? Mm. Can they do a sit when you ask them to when you're 10 metres away and their friend is 10 metres away and they've got a choice, they're in between you and the friend? Would they sit? So that's gradually building up the three Ds, the distance away from you, the distraction of their friend and their duration. Can they sit for three seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds? You can always increase how great your behavior is with three Ds. And you can always help your dog learn their behavior better by decreasing the three Ds. So I hope that kind of makes sense. With those three Ds and your rewards and where their dog is getting their reward, you can start to fix things. Okay, this is not getting geeky about it. So that's the basics of it. Um, hang on, there was... Uh, Maddie. Right, so uh, no surprise for a Labrador there, really. Um, lot, lots of dogs pull. But ultimately, why does your dog pull? One, you're going to follow. Two, they're going to get somewhere. Three, as we're pulling on that lead... And not necessarily you know yanking or anything like that but we've got tension on that lead that's what um we're putting in our opposition reflex so you know if i was to just push you you're going to push back because you don't want to just flop over um so um that's that's the reasons for pulling on the lead um i've got a couple of ways that i really like to teach loose lead walking um, my favourite way is in three stages. Um, so as daft as it may sound, but it really does work and it's clear cut, clear cut and makes it so easy for your dogs to understand, especially when you've got a bigger dog. Because again, if they can practice that lead pulling at any point, it's going to continue. So if it's just you walking your dog, then that's great. You, you can control that. You can say, right, OK, we're doing this walk, blah, blah, blah. But if anybody else walks your dog, or does any training with your dog or spends any time with your dog, you need to make sure that they're also doing exactly the same thing as you're doing. Because if they don't, hey, they can practice a behaviour you don't want. And it's going to make your training journey so much harder. Um, so one of the easiest ways um, uh, that I like to teach loosely walking um, to my dogs, and, and it can be done with any of the dogs, really. It does take time. You do look daft doing it, but it works. Um, it's what I just call my Ministry of Funny Walks. Um, so again, you're going to start in an area where there is little to no distraction. So start this at home, in the living room, in the garden. Yes, absolutely nowhere. Just start practicing it randomly. Um, and you're going to have your dog in front of you. Um, lots of cookies in your treat pouch, nice and easily accessible treat pouch. I don't want you fumbling around uh, looking for a reward. It's it's easier if you've got it nice to hand. And you're just across your living room. You're just going to walk backwards with your dog in front of you and your dog's going to follow you. You remember how you did puppy class like recall? Come here puppy, come here puppy. Da, da, da. You're going to do that and just going to walk backwards, walk backwards, walk backwards. Across the living room, kitchen, garden. And then what you're going to do is that's also how you're going to do your walks outside. So I suggest getting your dog in the car if you can. 
and going to your favourite walking place before you let them off the lead and just walk back carefully because it's slippery and muddy and everything like that, um, you can start walking backwards. Again, just practice outside. If you go and start this in the middle of Horsham Park, it's not going to happen. You've got to put in the groundwork at home first. So just start this at home um, before you start taking it outside. This, I'm just really, really putting this into teeny tiny little bits because just to give you an idea of it all. So once I've taught this walking backwards at home, so me, dog, and we're both walking backwards like that, um, I start to take it outside. So I will walk my dogs uh, backwards just towards my car outside or van. They get in the van. I take them for a, a walk. They get out of the van and I just, I generally walk somewhere where you literally only need to walk maybe 10 metres and they can come off lead. So that's what I tend to do. And I'll just sort of mooch on backwards mooch on backwards and that yay well done puppy off lead and, and that's it there off they go then what I start to do is from that walking backwards is you go back to the 90s as I like to put it woohoo and instead of walking backwards we're going to sidestep and do the grapevine okay so you can start practice that definitely start that in the living room okay definitely because it takes a while to get those 90s moves back but you're going to grapevine across the living room so all you've all you've done is you've changed from you and your dog I thought, yeah, I'll do that because that looks like a dog then. So this is you and this is your dog. And so you're coming backwards to begin with, like that across your living room. Then stage two of the Ministry of Funny Walks, you, don't, I'll try and do it that way because otherwise I'm going to, that way. So your dog hasn't changed their position. It's all that you've done is just turn to the side. And again, now you're just doing this. This way, puppy, this way. Okay, and then eventually, once you've practised that, Oh, I can't do my hands. You're going to walk that way and your dog's going to be here. So your dog's not, all your dog's learn is just to stay by you. So you've gone from this to this, this, this to this. Oh, hang on. That, that. Oh, Lord, that. Time to do this all backwards to that. And all that does, it's the, it's the simplest way. And it's so simple to do. Um, yes, you do look silly walking backwards and dancing around and things like that. Um, just make sure you, you know, if you're going to walk backwards or anything like that, have somebody with you or something like that. Don't do it on near a road or anything like that. Just be sensible. Um, but remember, if they can practice pulling on the lead, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because they're being rewarded for it. They're getting to go where they, they, they want to go and you'll just follow. You can always do the good old about turn. You know, no, we're going to go this way. No, you're going to go that way. No, you pulled, we're going to go that way. So you can always do that. Um, you get dizzy. You get dizzy. But again, it does work because... Um, they just learn, well, hang on a minute, as soon as there's any tension on the lead, we use that, let's go, and we go back in this direction. So again, no lead jerking or anything like that, you just give your dog whiplash and you'll be at the vets with a damaged trachea or something like that. Um, so you've always got your let's go, so that when you say to your dog, let's go, they know to just turn around and come with you, let's go, this way, let's go, this way. Um, or you can do the good old, right, stand still, the right at the end of the lead, brilliant, brilliant. It's pouring with rain, don't care, I'm just going to stand here. And at some point, the, your dog can only go as far as that lead. You've got them on the lead. They can only go that far uh, in any direction, obviously, 360 degrees. They can only go that far. At some point, whether it takes five seconds, five minutes or five hours, their world is going to be, oh, well, I've sniffed everything now, I'm bored. And they're going to look at you. Now, come on, monkey, what are you doing? a figment and you can reward them for looking back at you so again then you can say right okay then we're gonna go this way let's go um so we're rewarding for that eye contact and staying with us 
So that's another way you can start doing it as well. Um, so I incorporate that with my Ministry of Funny Walks. So where I do my funny walks, if they're getting a bit excited or anything, I'll just stop and wait, wait for some eye contact, especially with younger and adolescent dogs, um, because they're just like, oh my God. Um, but remember, the um, the longer your dog's been... <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, see, another Labrador, another Labrador for you. Um, with... Uh, um, forgotten now i shouldn't look at these comments i wonder if i can i don't know oh there i can flip them off and i'll have to come back to them um that's what i do so i do my ministry of funny walks because that's really clear to my dog they can't go past me because i'm there with food in front and they're not going to want to go past me when i switch so that's 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 how i do that and you know uh, aside from dexter and cassie because they've just oh well hello no dexter's pretty good but uh, alan is my best loose lead walker Oh, and the best way to practice it, actually, the best way to practice that loosely walking is actually off lead. Now, obviously, in safe places, don't go and try this on the M25 or anything like that. So nowhere near roads, nice and safe places, actually teach it off lead. Because the lead is that that lead is just there to stop and get into trouble. We want our dogs really to just loosely walk beside us anyway. That'd be nice. I mean, we want them to go off in the woods and sniff and be dogs and everything. But we want them to, to walk nicely beside us. We don't always want being yanked out of our arms so teach the loose lead walking off lead do it in the garden be erratic go backwards forwards backwards forwards dance around look make it look like you're doing a zumba class just you know if the neighbors call for help because they think you've lost it eh, just stop training you know my neighbors are used to me now they're used to me years and years and years of it um so i think one i don't even know how long i've been online for so i apologize um I think if I bring on those. Uh, okay, so Maddie, drop your feet, drop your cookie on the floor between your feet. That's because uh, chances are maybe when your puppy was small or anything like that, when you've got smaller dogs or anything like that, I don't know what dog you've got, Maddie. Um, but they're jumping up to get the cookie before, so a little bit of self control, anything like that. So you can always drop the cookie on the floor um, so that they're not jumping up to get you. And again, similar sort of thing, um, just reward on the floor so that the rules are not coming from up. Um, but working on, so if, you're, if your dog's jumping up, digressing again, if your dog's jumping up and then you're wanting to walk, so what you're doing is your dog's jumping up, this is me, dog's jumping up, which looks terrible, doesn't it? Dog's jumping up and you're trying to walk. So what do you need to fix first? Well, the jumping up, because if you add the walking, that's increasing the distraction. So if you can fix the jumping up, oh, hang on, I don't need to be jumping. If you can fix the jumping up while you're still, then when you add in the distraction of the walking, you'll have it fixed. Okay, so um, when you're talking about jumping and walking backwards, that's two things together. So if you know you've got a failure of the jumping up, you've got to do it while you're standing still. So that's a really good example of how you can tweak things with your Ds. I hope that makes sense. Um, what's your name? Maddie, hope that makes sense. It just uh, hopefully I've just answered that for you, Maddie. Um, I don't know how quickly this keeps up to date. So with the, with the jumping up, reward at your feet. Okay, you've got. Um, if your dog's jumping up, I tend to just walk away, turn my back and walk away, because they're generally wanting to jump up to get your attention, get some food, get something, chew on you. Depends how old your puppy is or um, attention seeking. They're getting something out of it. So what is your dog getting by you by jumping up at you? 
you say no get off no 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 they like that there's no point the best the dogs learn by consequences so if your dog jumps up whee, but then you just turn and walk away oh sad okay but it, that was, his, your, your dog's gonna learn if i jump up at mum mum goes away so i don't like that i go sad but if i come up to mum and i sit mum stays so you're going to not you're going to teach a really good sit so that your dog's going to be much happier uh, and has more value in a sit. So a sit is what's called an incompatible. I'm throwing a lot of information at you guys now. So a sit is what's called an incompatible behavior for jumping up. So if your dog's jumping up, they can't do that from a sit. So that's an incompatible behavior So teach a really good sit and they can get rewarded for that. Okay, so reward, reward, reward. Yay, clever puppy, sit. Yay, good sit, good sit, good sit. So we're reinforcing and building more value from the sit. But if they get started to get excited, yay, I like a sit, I'm going to jump up at mum, I leave. No more cookies. I come back, sit, cookie, 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 cookie. Okay, so it's all about two sides of a coin. And to prove the point, my dog jumped up when you did the no, no, yeah. And they will do because all you're turning into is their own personal squeaky toy. That's all you're turning into. And they're like, yeah, oh my gosh, look, if I jump up, it makes my mummy squeak and dance. So, yeah, so just add in those, the three Ds, Maddie. Think about those three Ds. Think about those three Ds. So is she jumping up in certain contexts or anything like that? So it'll be those three Ds. So reduce those down, think about the rewards and, and you'll you'll be fine. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't done leave it actually. And I'll probably... Um, Katie, I'll I'll probably do that another time, just purely because I think I've been on for like an hour or something now, and um, I switched my oven on to heat up when I got back from the dog walk, so I really want to go and eat some food, and you know, like, you all know me, I can talk dogs till well, the dogs come home, um, but what I'll do, uh, Katie, if you drop me an email, um, I'll add that onto the next one, because I'll, I'll do some more of these ones for you all, um, because let's face it we're all stuck at home with our doggos at the moment you know I can I can still work if anybody's got any questions I can still do one-to-one -one training and I can either do that face-to-face -face or via zoom so I can still help you guys out um but for basic things I will do my best to help you sort of just via these lives and everything like that um this this live should save onto the Facebook and then I'll try and save it and put it on YouTube or something like that so um, Kaya will want something, Sarah. There will be something that Kaya wants and enjoys. It might just be that she likes a smile and a hug. There will be something that she likes. It could be really, really random. Um, those of you that might have seen Alan with his, his bowl. Alan loves his metal bowl. Absolutely goes silly for it. Okay, so I can use that metal bowl as a reward because if I give him the metal bowl, he can, he can bang it like a drum. And he likes doing that, so that's a reward. So, um, I, I, so I train with my <laughs> metal bowl. Alan, sit. Oh, sit, here's your metal bowl and you can bang the drums. So if, if your dog likes it, as silly as it might be, um, you can use it as a reward. So Beans used to really, really love, you know, those, um, you know, the thick reusable, um, not, not the plastic shopping bags, but the thicker ones that sort of rattle and shake and make a sort of bit of a noise. Beans love them. So I'll be like, Beans, sit and I'll throw them a bag. If they like it, it's a reward, use it. Um, so yeah, I will, 
I'll do some more of these for you. So, um, yeah, exactly, rewarded with tennis balls. Exactly, because, um, and in fact, what they'll do is all those those doggos that, that you know, the working doggos um, that like their, their tennis balls or certain particular shoes, if they've not got that desire to go and get something and be rewarded with something like that, they kind of don't make it. They've got to have that love, that kind of obsession to go find the thing to make the other thing appear. I mean, crikey, if you said to me, Joe, there is a box of Jaffa cakes and all you need to do is do 10 burpees, well, I'd probably do it. But if you said, Joe, there's a box of Jaffa cakes and you've got to do 100 burpees, oh, it's not worth it for me. No, it's all right. Thanks very much. So you've got to think about what you're asking your dog to do. And is the reward great enough? Because there is no way I'd do 100 burpees for a pack of Jaffa cakes. Not going to happen. However, you say, Joe, do 100 burpees and I'll get you a private, intimate contact con concert with Gary Barlow. Flip, I'll do those 100 burpees in 60 seconds or something, you know. So it's all in context, all in context. So you think about what would you do? Would it? What's in it for you? Well, what's in it for dog? I hope that makes sense. So, um, so if anybody has any questions for the next one, I'll obviously try and remember to sort of post in the group when I'm going to do a next one and you can put some um, questions on that. That will be, in fact, I might do that. I'll do that in a minute. I'll post and then you can all reply. If you've got a question for the next one, put it on that feed. Um, and then I can just print those off again like I did for today so that I can make sure I, I covered everything. But I think probably it might be a little bit of um, maybe loose lead walking, possibly lead reactivity. Um, again, can cover, cover a bit of jumping up um, and things like that. General, maybe a bit of doggy decor, something like that. I don't know. Just whatever you want. I'll, I'll, I'll help you all. Um, and um, yeah, I think that'll, that'll do. I think I've gassed on enough, really. And well, I really want to go and eat some pizza. <laughs> I went up for a really long walk uh, today, so I deserve pizza. Um, so thank you all for joining me. Um, I'm glad you all enjoyed it. Thank you for everybody on your comments and everything like that. Um, I'll do my best to keep helping you and your pups as we go along through um, this next little lockdown and everything like that. So take care. And uh, I'll hopefully I'll do another one, I don't know, maybe midweek or next week. I shall see how we get going. I'll speak to you all later. Take care. Have a good rest of the weekend. And take care. Bye.